Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. And today in front of me, um, Rob Verhelst, which is a tricky name to remember, as I've been um, demonstrating with Rob so far. But luckily, he's very amenable and he's known as Fireman Rob. Now, that's a great name because all of us can remember that. So, hey, good afternoon to you, Fireman Rob. Good afternoon. Russell, you've been very resilient in finding my last name. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's knowing one's inadequacies. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where are you in the world, uh, Rob? I'm actually in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, so in the U.S. So where, where, which bit of the uh, my U.S. geography so, is not great? Which bit? So that? just above uh, Chicago, about two oh, and a half right. hours uh, north of Chicago. Oh, you're nearly in Canada. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't wow. you know? Less <laughs> <laughs> said about that, the better. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> you're so close to all that free healthcare. Yeah, I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need it nowadays. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, looking at you. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's gray, there's gray in the beard. There's <laughs> Showing off, you've got a beard. Uh, <laughs> so tell us a bit about yourself and Fireman Road. Tell me, tell, me, tell me your story. Yeah, so um, I've been a, a fireman for the city of Madison in Wisconsin for uh, since the year 2000. Um, I've, uh, let's see, let about 2011, I started doing uh, Ironman triathlons. Uh, so uh, after the September 11 attacks, I did a search and recovery in New York City. I was 23 years old, uh, impacted and changed my life completely in so many different ways. And, you know, coming from that dark spot in 2011 at Ironman, Wisconsin, an uh, Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike and a 26.2 mile uh, run. Um, and to kind of commemorate that and have people see through my actions, not just through my words, I did the full run portion for me, it was a walk, (laughs) but, uh, in my fire gear, which is uh, about 50 pounds. And since then I've done 23 full Ironmans and 28 half Ironmans since that 2011. And I get to go all over the globe and, uh, speak to people about a resilient mindset and, my whole life has been centered around that, uh, being in the fire service and also doing these races and, uh, just trying to find my mental health and, and, and being resilient in that. Yeah. So, well, you've given us tons to unpack first of all there. So tell us, I mean, obviously just share what you want, don't overshare, but, um, tell us a bit about that September 11th thing, because at 23, that's, 
that's a yeah. big thing, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of people who are scarred for life from that and incapacitated, and there are a lot of people who thrived and moved forward. So I wonder if you can put your finger on, um, as well as talking about your own experience, put your finger on what might be the differences. Yeah, I think, you know, for, for many years, and I think this is, you know, as I've gotten older, I've started to look into mental health and started to try to get myself better. When I was young, I, at 23, I was only a year in the fire service and seeing it was, was so surreal and I didn't really understand how to process it. And, and the, the biggest problem that a lot of people have with those kind of incidents is you try to find meaning behind it. Like, why did this happen? How can this ever happen? And you know, what, what's the point? And I had that for many years. I went through, you know, two marriages and, um, I used alcohol to kind of quell that, uh, that the darkness. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that in my life during those, you know, in essence, before I started to move forward that, uh, drug me down in the hole and I used it. It was a negative for me. Um, and to get out of that hole, it was hard. I, as I always say, all therapists are not created equal. Mm. <laughs> and uh, for me, it was, it was finding positives um, that I could see from that. And, you know, one of the biggest positives was for that time after the September 11th attacks, there was um, everybody working together, irregardless of religion, uh, gender, color, political beliefs, anything like that. There was all these different uh, entities from uh, steel workers to America, you know, Red Cross workers to firefighters to medics to rescue workers. Everybody was working together for the common purpose of helping humanity move forward. And for me, I look at that as, as probably one of the most impactful things in my life now and yeah. saying, it's possible for us to work together and have a bigger purpose than just having my point heard and being right. Yes. You know, and I think that's for me moving forward and, and seeing that positive was something that had to happen or else I wouldn't be here today talking with you. And it's fascinating, isn't it? Because you're sort of, you were working in the, in a, Around the, around the situation caused by the worst of human behavior, in, in a sense. And you were seeing yeah. the best of human behavior. So a lot of people who've not been through a sort of trauma like that, they don't understand how it can negatively affect you because surely the, the good in what you saw outwore, outweighs the bad almost. So what, why do you think people can spiral? Why do you think people do sort of... Um, you know, need to use alcohol, need to do those sorts of things. What is, what is it about the situation that causes this? I, you know, I think as humans, I think we're, we're more predisposed to seeing the negative. We're more predisposed to having our mind go to the traumas. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that, you know, still to this day, I hate the smell of concrete dust yeah. that it just triggers me. And there's so many different things that your mind, I mean, we, we really don't have a clue of the vastness of what our neuro, you know, the neurology of the, everything that goes on in your mind. And for traumas, there's certain triggers and you don't always know what those are. And I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people don't understand is, you know, PTSD is one of those things where, um, before it was called shell shock, yeah. you know, and 
like keep changing it. And, you know, PTSD is everything now, you know, from uh, sexual assaults to, um, to traumas in the fire service to other things. And the hard thing is that when you, when you put it as a generality, when you put it in that general category, it's hard for people to understand why. And so you have all these judgments of, well, why, you know, yours is not as big as mine, or, you know, I, I, I can't have PTSD because it wasn't nine 11. And that's the hardest thing. I think a lot of people have to deal with in their mind is, is to rationalize that. And we, for me, I call it um, trauma competition. And it's so damaging to people because your trauma is unique to you. And for me, September 11th, that's not the only thing that I've had to deal with, with 20, you know, 22 years in the fire service. Yes. And this is it. I mean, as a, as a, um, a therapist, I deal a lot with blue lighters. We call them blue lighters over here. Yes. We always yep. have blue, there was a blue lights. I think it's yellow lights or red lights in the States, but anyway. Yep. And I, th- and I think actually the, there is something which is uniquely binding about around people who have experienced these, these um, physical post-traumatic expert, uh, things rather than mental ones. Right. Because actually it's it's a different set of criteria that link them together. And it's very hard working with a therapist who's got no experience of that. And, and and I think you're making a really brilliant point here. There is a little bit of competition around who's who's got who's the worst. And I think the, the term PTSD, like mental health, has been slightly devalued because everybody thinks yeah. they have it. Whereas having a formal diagnosis of a PTSD, it doesn't matter what the cause is, it is something that really affects your life and right. actually is it's got hold of your neurochemistry and it's actually, you know, it's affected you in a, in a way, in the sense that alcohol can recondition your neurochemistry as well. And of course you put the two things together, which is often the case. Yeah. And you get that sort of, you know, that perfect storm, don't you? So, right. so how, did you, how did you begin the sort of upwards climb? How did you begin that process of coming back from it all? You know, it was, it was interesting. That first race that I did, um, so actually I, I, I did a trial race and it was a half, a half Ironman. But why, and even that? why even start with that? That's a mad idea, running around, swimming, cycling. What's all that about? <laughs> it is a you. dumb idea, you know. <laughs> the toughest idea was, ever. <laughs> my brain was already damaged. <laughs> ah. Ah. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting because it was, it was a challenge. And in the, you know, I think in the military, in the fire service, a lot of what individuals do to still feel alive, to still feel like there's something there is challenge ourselves to the nth degree. Yeah. And for me, and I didn't realize this until probably about four years ago, that the races, it, it was great to see people impacted by what I was doing and be able to go and speak. But it was interesting because the pain that I felt and was able to go through during that race was actually what I needed. That was the benefit to me because I felt like I was still alive. I felt like I was doing something that was beneficial. Yeah. And it's, it's hard for some people to understand that when I say it and they're like, Oh, that's terrible. It's like, no, it was actually really good because um, my therapist put it a great way. He said, Rob, what you continue to do is you're finding things. So think about it like you're trying to fill a hole. So I have a hole in front of me and I'm taking dirt from behind me and I fill that hole and I take one step back and I fall in that hole that I just dug. Yeah. And so you're constantly circling yourself with holes because you're trying to fill the one that's in front of you, not seeing that one that's waiting for you behind Mm -hmm. you. And 
it was a great analogy from that standpoint where my head was like, Oh, that, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to be a hundred percent, I always say, I, I go for about, I want to be about three quarters full each day. <laughs> if I can get to that, I'm good. And then I don't fall all the way into the hole. I'm just, you know, I may be like waist deep, but I'm still able to get out of it. Yes. Yes. And um, uh, you've not possibly been aware of this, but all the time you've been chatting, there's been a little face pressed against the window behind you. And, um, <laughs> and I've been watching this face going backwards and forwards. And you really need to look after that dog of yours because I know he, he is he, definitely um, got a, some sort of personality. And oh, actually, he's a, and he's a rescue this, dog. So he's, a, he? he's, a, yeah. he's got he's, a great personality. And it is interesting how um, nurturing and caring, because you talk about the extreme sports, the sort of physical mm-hmm. pain, the, yeah. uh, the excess competition. But it's also that caring side as well has to be re-nurtured in yourself. And, and you often find PTSD people with dogs, cats, um, adopted children, you know, all that sort of stuff. That, that saving somebody else thing, that, that, that seems yeah. to be a common theme, doesn't it? It, it is. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because it's so, you know, um, it's, hard to, it's hard to say it because it's like you're, you're constantly trying to save something else except for yourself. And it, it, it's, it's very damaging. And sometimes it's like, it's one of those things where you, if you can't, you're trying to figure out how to be okay that day. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that I always try to tell people is um, it's okay to not be okay. You're going to have bad days, but as long as you have something in place and it's unique to everybody, there's, there's no magic pill. There's no magic. Um, one step program to be able to understand what's going to happen at what time during the day. And so it's having a, you know, just like in the fire service, when we go to a fire, we don't just have a hose and water. We have a multitude of tools to be able to handle that dynamic situation. And for mental health, that's what I've learned is like, I have to have a toolbox full of things because I never know what I need to use. And it sneaks up on you, doesn't it, when you least expect it? I like, oh. the, I like the idea of a fireman going to the a fire with a hose and water because I always because yeah. only take one bucket. It's going to be a small fire, isn't it? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I, and but the I door's locked, and you can't get in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I buy them in America. What he do is drive and knock those things over the water stands, and there's water all over the place. Isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, one of the things you've done is set up a, um, a foundation. So uh, I'm interested to know a little bit about more a little bit more about that. If you would tell us something. Yeah, so I, I actually have um, a foundation for myself, uh, the Fireman Rob Foundation, that I um, donate bears to children's hospitals throughout the globe. Um, and I've been doing that for a, a long time. And the great thing is our, our um, acronym we use is SMILE. Yeah. Simple moments impact lives every day. And it's so true because it's, it's not the grand gestures, it's the simple things. And I've been blessed to be able to do, you know, deliver some bears, but I also have people when they donate, um, they deliver the bears themselves. And so it's really cool to have that feeling of giving that bear to a child. And I've gotten so many different emails from individuals where, you know, the child held onto the bear the whole time where they went through procedures or yeah. they're in the hospital by themselves because their parents had to work to be able to afford to have them um, stay in the hospital. And so it's, it's been a, it's been a great joy. And a hundred percent of the money that comes in goes out to that because that's, that's what I wanted. That's, that's my, you know, it's, it's just being part of something bigger than yourself. And the other 
um, cool foundation that I'm a part of is uh, the Qual Foundation. Um, and we're actually putting together, uh, which will launch probably in September of this year, is uh, it's the First Responder Resilience Project. It's um, a mental health program for first responders built by first responders Good. and um, trying to just provide understanding. We're not going to um, cure it. We want to have understanding on the most basic level. So you can't get help unless you accept that you have something wrong yes. and you're willing to say, yeah, I'm Rob and I have depression, anxiety, and I suffer from PTSD. And it's and interesting. I, I like where you're coming from on that idea that you're trying to cure it. Cause I think there's too much, too much of a narrative about being broken and therefore you're going to be cured. Whereas actually managing your brain and your brain's health is a natural part of life's process. Right. And, you know, it's, you can have um, dysfunction, you can have mental illness, you can have mental health. And, you know, and it's possible to swim through those sort of three conditions quite regularly it, without trauma. And so yeah. I think we're too often trying to um, sort of set people up to be um, victims before we've given them the opportunity to fall on their own feet and learn, because yeah. that's part of, part of the process, isn't it? You know, it's really oh, it's important. Co- oh, completely. I think that's, you, you put it perfectly, it's, it's part of a process. And that's why we, that's why we named it um, First Responder Resilience Project. And not program because programs end and projects are lifetimes, you know, like I will never, I don't get a day off from PTSD or or depression or anxiety. You don't get a day off. There's not a day like, okay, today I'm not going to have it. You know, (laughs) it's not, there's no, there's not a vacation and you just have to learn to live through it and not um, try to get past it. And that's, that's the thing. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm, you and I are going to have a fascinating conversation at the end of this call because I, I, I love this. disagree with something you said, but I don't want to do that on air. No, I, that's it's, I, it's no, a I'm, I'm, I, you know, I think one of the biggest things, and I, I, I love, I, you know, I, I, for me, it's so important that people see many different sides, and mm. and for me, it, like the the understanding of different perspectives, that's what makes my life three quarters full is yes. that if I can find other things or understand other ways of doing things, that's, that, that's a gold for me. That's gold. Yes. I just yeah. find in our therapeutic world, there's, how can I put this? There's a sort of process that allows people to rehash their experience. So they never do put it behind them and they never do strip the emotion away from the mem- memory. And I Great just wonder, you know, there's a lot of therapists who seem to thoroughly enjoy having, um, well, the holidays paid for, frankly, by PTSD people. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of PTSD people who, who have no symptoms, who have gone past it. It's not yeah. great for my holiday regime because, you know, they, they go away <laughs> and they stop paying me. But, right. but, but actually, I do think there's a, um, there's a thing in mental resilience, which is actually about saying we get to the point where it is not cured because it's not about being right. ill. We've got to a point where we've coped and dealt and managed and we've got past it so yeah. and and i wonder if um part of the process you'd be living in this every single day is you're sort of rehashing it all the time it's and, yeah. and you often find this in therapies you know people complain because what they're saying is well i have to keep going back and reliving this experience and it's the last yeah. thing you need to be doing really but there's a ton I of can, new new tricks can, and ideas out there in therapies yeah. which really do help people with ptsd and i completely agree with you there I completely agree with you. It's not 
for me, it's not, um, it's not valuable for me to go back into those situations and talk through them because right now I need to, like, when I work on myself, I'm working on, okay, well, in this moment, you know, two days ago, I felt this and it triggered something in my mind that did this. And it's like, I'm not going back to that incident that happened. I just need to deal with how I'm going through this now. Yeah. And I think you're, you're completely right. It's like, that was the old school of shell shock yeah. of let's talk through it. And then maybe you'll find meaning. And it's like, there's no such in my mind, obviously I always like to preface in that is that trying to find meaning of yeah. a situation that is so dynamic and so unmeaningful, yeah. I, yeah. not, I guess that's maybe not the word, but um, it's good word. unrealistic to find a meaning yeah. is going to constantly leave you feeling empty. Yes. And there's a difference between meaning and learning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can learn a ton, but it doesn't mean. And, and there's a sort of a, it's a modern myth that everything in life has to have a purpose and meaning, isn't it? And actually, sometimes, sometimes it's just enough to be. Yeah. And um, I think sometimes we forget that. But, you know. Uh, so true. That's, I, another, I, I, that's I another program. <laughs> <laughs> tell, us, tell us, as if I've been cued, tell us a little <laughs> bit about the new book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so I. It was interesting. And I think one of the biggest things for people is, is reflection. And for me, I, I found that there's seven, seven, I call them catalysts that have really helped me to get to where I am now and helped me throughout my life. And um, those go, it's passion and purpose, uh, ownership, decisions, emotional control, resilience, faith over fear and mental strength. And all of those tie together like this. So if I have purpose and passion, if I understand my purpose and passion, I can start to take ownership of my actions, my words, my decisions, and my decisions are actually two types of decisions, tactical and strategic. Tactical are in the moment, their experiences. Strategic are those bigger goals that sometimes you don't get to, but you're always constantly working towards them. And if I'm working towards them, I have to have emotional control. I can't get deterred by people saying you can't do this. I can't get deterred by people saying, you know, you're not worth it. I have to have that emotional control, which inevitably creates my resilience to be able to have faith in myself over all the fears that surround me, which inevitably lead to you having unique personal mental strength. Very good. And uh, is the book a is a book a storybook or is it um, a workbook? I mean, there's lots. Of it's a it's a workbook. Books. I'm I'm not a huge reader. I don't like <laughs> a chapter books, so I made it so I like to read it. Um, so it's really it's short stories. What it does is it's it lays out. There's a little short um, that tells you information about one aspect, a strategy, and then I tell you how it applied to my life, and then at the end of it is an action step of how you can apply it to your life. Okay, I'm just looking up on Amazon. So it's when when does it launch? Oh, it's it's up there. So um, you can go. So forged in the fires. I can see it in front of me. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, it yeah. looks good. Not too thick. No, no, <laughs> I wouldn't want to read that thick of a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just checking. It's in .com, but it's not in .uk yet. So uh, I think it should be. I'll I'll, I'll change be, yeah. it today. 
Oh, Change no, that today. Okay. No, no, it's good. <laughs> um, but by the time, by the time anybody listening looks, it'll be there. That's all. It'll be there. It'll be so there. available <laughs> from all good Amazon sites and bookstores and on your site. And your yep. uh, website, I believe, is called FeynmanRob.com. Yes, it's a uh, super simple, just like the book. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's a very good thing. And where else can people find you? Get hold of your work. Hear what you have to say. You know, um, I'm on all the social media channels on uh, Instagram. It's uh, Fireman Rob Strong. On Facebook, it's Robert Fireman Rob Verhelst. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I've got a lot of different things on on LinkedIn. Um, And then also on uh, Twitter as well. So that's Team Fireman Rob. So a lot of different uh, avenues, but uh, it's one of those things. I have uh, a podcast as well, uh, Forge in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob, where I interviewed a bunch of different people and it's, you know, it's fun. It's, it's like, I'm sure you've seen, it's, it's great hearing other people's stories to inspire you. Yeah. And it's also different voices as well, because often you find that people are saying the same thing, but it's, that's that different point of connection, isn't it? And yes. um, that different background and such like. So, well, Rob, it's been brilliant to chat to you today. We talk less about your fire, uh, your um, Ironman work and more about general mental health, but that's great. And I really appreciate your time. Yeah. And as I said, firemanrob.com is the place to head to, Forged in the Fires podcast. And um, you've been a joy to talk to us again. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much for your time. You take care. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.